This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the Palmetto Swamps, to the Piney Woods, to the Oak Flats, you're listening to the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. Hey guys, episode 44 of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. Today we're on the phone with Shane Kessler with Rougarou Hog Control out of Pineville, Louisiana. Travels all over the state, just annihilating hog sounders and just trying to knock down the hog population through thermal imaging, night vision, and uh, and also trapping as well, cellular trapping. And so he's going to be informing us a little bit about the destructive nature of hogs and also how we can all kind of do our part to knock them down and if it's even possible to keep them in check. So, um, Shane, thank you for joining us this evening, man. Yes. Yes. Thank you for the, uh, for the invite. And, uh, Locke, you're on the phone. How you doing tonight, man? I'm good, brother. Well, I'm uh, kind of in depressive mode because deer season's winding down on me and I'm looking at like one or two more days that I might get to hunt and it's just kind of depressing. Doesn't help that it's been like 75 degrees and muggy the last two days. No. You know. It's going to get good though. Yeah, next week it'll be Couple great. Um, but uh, look, before we get started, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Relentless Boats out of Thibodeau, Louisiana. If you're looking for a full custom aluminum hull for your surface drive, for your outboard, full custom uh, as far as layout, rod boxes, gun boxes, front deck, back deck, hunt deck, you name it. If you want any deck, they can put it on there for you. Go to RelentlessBoatsLA.com, check them out, and reach out to them on Facebook or social media as well. They do some fantastic work. You will be very impressed. So if you're looking for a full custom haul, give them a shout. So, uh, Shane. Yes. So how did you get Rougarou Hog Control off the ground? How did you get started in that? Well, it wasn't long after Walleye Fisheries uh, started allowing uh, people to go out and shoot pigs at night. Uh, our hunting club was 
like a lot of hunting clubs, it was just overrun with pigs. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I bought a, an ATN uh, digital night vision scope, which the digital night vision is different from traditional night vision. Um, for it to work, you have to have an external IR light um, for that for that device to work. And so we started shooting them on the bean field at our hunting club, and uh, it wasn't long. We we knocked them back pretty good. Um, and so we just started kind of branching out and, and reaching out to farmers in the area and saying, Hey, you know, you know, we got this, uh, device that allows us to get out here and, and, and send some of these hogs out for you. And, um, it was slow reception at first, you know, a lot of people, um, the idea of a stranger coming down your property and walking around at night, sure. shooting pigs, you know, a lot of them are, are pretty apprehensive about it. And until you get to a point to where you're, you're known, um, in that area and uh, once one farmer starts talking to another farmer and then before you know it right now we're servicing about 80,000 acres mm. uh, in central louisiana that's the size of tinsaw yeah it's it's a, it's a lot yeah tinsaw is 80,000 acres you're you're servicing 80 you're t- you're servicing tinsaw in the middle of the state for hog control pretty much yeah yeah that's incredible so mm-hmm. um maybe a lot of people listening right now have the same question that I do, which is, you know, sounded like you started off on like uh, doing this as a favor and a recreational right. activity. Is this a source of income for you now? Are people paying you? Um, it's, it's a, a partial source of income. Um, you know, we don't in, intentionally go out and, and reach, go to a farmer and say, Hey, you know, you pay X amount of dollars, Yeah. you know, uh, but you know, farmers, they'll, they, they like what we're doing. They, they'll give us ammo, uh, kind of help offset that cost, uh, on our end. Cool. Um, uh, but there are some aspects of it where, um, we do get paid. Um, we rely heavily on thermal and night vision, and we also rely on the uh, hog boss cellular, uh, controlled pig traps. Yeah. Um, uh, we use those in areas where we can't get boots on the ground. Um, and majority of what we do is boots on the ground, but you, you know, you're in a lot of residential areas sometimes that, um, you can't just get out there and, and, and walk up on them. So we have to rely on those traps, which the traps are just are amazing. Be able to sit there and, and, uh, we, we set it up. I, I set it up with some spot point trail cameras and we sit there and, and I'll sit there and watch them. And, uh, you lose a lot of sleep, but it's, it's, it's pretty fun when you can drop <laughs> yeah. that, drop that trigger on them. I bet so. So, um, let's talk about that, that trap for a second. And then I also mm-hmm. want to talk to you about more about your setup. I know sure. a lot of, obviously Louisiana bow hunter, we're, we're bow guys, but, a lot of people might be really interested in what you're shooting, your setup, mm-hmm. what you know, ammo, gun setup, and things like that. So the cellular um, hog trap that's by Hog Boss Gates out oh, of right. um, like the Monroe area, northeast Louisiana. Um, Corey Gilbert runs the company, has had it for a few years, and doing great things, growing leaps and bounds i, I mean i remember mm-hmm. talking to him when he i felt like it was like his second or third gate that he had built a few years mm-hmm. ago at the sportsman show so um f- as far as like conditioning for an animal how mm-hmm. soon from when you set a gate do you think you start uh having some some pretty good i don't say interest but you know start catching hogs it, it depends a lot on the area. If you have some pigs that are trap shy, it, it takes a little while for them to get their confidence up, start going into the trap. And that's one of the benefits of having a cellular control trap is, you know, a traditional trap relies on a, a trigger. Uh, pig wanders in, sets a trigger, and, you know, you might catch one, two, three, four, if you're lucky. Uh, and the rest of the pigs learn that, hey, this is not a place you'll need to be in there. Uh, and they, they, they get to where they avoid them. I mean, pigs are, are very smart. 
Mm -hmm. um, so the good thing about the sailor traps is we can sit there and we'll watch it and um, we'll just keep it baited up and we'll watch it and, and until all the sounder is going in. And once we get the entire sounder in there, then we'll drop the gate and uh, run out there and, and take care of them. Does that take multiple nights sometimes? It it does. depend. It depends on it. We have some farmers that they'll call us. They'll have their bait sites already pre-baited pre where they've been uh, been baiting for a while. Um, and then we'll we'll come in and put the trap up, and some nights we'll drop the trap the first night. Um, other nights uh, it, it'll take two, three, four nights for them to get comfortable to seeing that trap um, just you know just showed up there. So they, it takes them a little while to get used to it. So I I don't know a lot about your world and and the hogs. I mean I know that I'm honestly I'm almost at a point where I'm tired of shooting them because it just gets so expensive with archery equipment. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so seldom can you reuse an arrow after you shoot a hog, right. um, but, uh, or a broadhead, but, um, one thing I've heard, hopefully you can confirm or deny, is it true that if you kill a hog in a trap and there's hog blood in a trap that they won't go back in it? I've heard that. They, they will go back in it, but it'll take a little time. It's not something they're going to just rush back in there now. And it's not so much the blood. Um, is the fact that if they've been in there for several hours and, and they're, they're defecating all in the trap and, um, they just, they won't go back in there until all that's cleaned up or you have some good rains to kind of wash it away. So if something happens and we, I drop it at the gate and I can't get to them for several hours, um, whenever I rebate it, what I'll do is I bring a shovel and a, a garden rake and rake the trap out and try and get it to fresh dirt as much as I can before I rebate it. Gotcha. So you that's kind of crazy. Yeah. It is. If yeah. you think about the fact that, like a hog farm, because we think about pigs as being wallow animals, you know, mm -hmm. that's the last thing yeah. I would have thought would have deterred one. I would have thought the, the scent of more hog would have actually helped. Yeah, you wouldn't think that they would be like hygiene purists over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just something that, you know they they they're just not going to eat where they've been cooping. You know, I guess my my simple mind would have just thought, well. The more it smells like a hog, the more of a wallow it is, the more attractive it would be. Right. Hmm. And, and I'm sure they smell that the stress from them pigs that are in there. Um, mm -hmm. And that's something else that, that affects them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I can't prove that, but that's just a well, Like theory. a shot deer. You know, yeah. we talked with the blood dog guys about the, the, the scent that a distressed deer puts off. Yeah. Right, you know? right. Well, um, so... Uh, something else about the, the gates. Can, can you explain to us like the process? How does the gate work? What is an automatic gate? Things like that. That might be news to some people. Yeah. So, so the gate, um, like I said, we picked up the, the gates from, uh, from hog boss. Um, Corey makes a great product. Um, and, uh, basically it's just a, a, a remote trigger that, um, has a, a cellular receiver in it with a SIM card and, um, we'll call it and it and when it basically when it rings but you don't hear it ringing but it activates the the mechanism which uh activates the trigger and then the gate falls so it's a phone number yeah basically yep and my and my phone is listed as pig trap one and pig trap two. Ah, that's and pretty uh neat. so yeah i didn't know so, i thought it was an app yeah me too so so you're so first of all any the trail camera that you're using to monitor it is not connected to the system, right? It's no, auxiliary. Correct. Okay, so um, so you're choosing to use SpyPoint. Uh, I know you've had good luck with SpyPoint. And right. um, so you watch them go into the sounder, 
And I mean, on average, like, have you noticed a delay from when you see the last picture come through to when you set the trap? Um, you know, the, the cameras are normally real good about sending them within a minute. Um, and, 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 and of course that, that varies also depending on, um, you may hear some background noise. We're, we're kind of creeping through a field right now. Um, but you, you know, depending on the sailor reception, it may be a slight delay in, in sending the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm running multiple cameras on it, multiple angles. So I've got three or four cameras sending me image images. So it gives me a pretty good idea of where everything's at in the trap or outside of the trap. Very cool. That's really neat. So we, we forgot to mention that actually you were out hunting right now. Correct. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're cruising around in some uh, farmer fields right now. So how many have y'all killed tonight so far? Uh, so far tonight we've taken a coyote, a beaver and 19 hogs. <laughs> It's like, it's like nine it's like 9 p.m yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even that late you know um, yeah and, and and it varies too like this time of year we're we're kind of focusing on pecan orchards and um cattle pastures um the, the pigs seem to be in in cycles where you know they're they're pretty predictable as far as if, if they're going to be on crops or they're going to be in uh hard mass like acorns or pecans um, but this time of year, especially when you're getting a lot of rain, they like to get out in those hay pastures and the cow pastures and they just root it up because normally it's, you know, it's like concrete out there during the summer. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. So and the bunch we just caught just now, um, was in a, a cattle pasture. Matter of fact, we had, they were right beside the cows. So we had to be aware of that when we started shooting them. And the cows don't care. Uh, most of the time they don't care. Um, sometimes they'll kind of start running. Um, they'll run straight towards the, the pigs and a lot of times they run away and a lot of times they just stand right there. Interesting. Well, I, I, yeah, I guess what I meant by that originally was they don't care that the pigs are around. No, no. The pigs will walk right in amongst them. Um, every once in a while you get a boar, a uh, lone boar in there and he tries to push the cows around. Hmm. Um, and the cows, they'll give him way. Um, but, uh, for the most part, yeah, they'll just, um, they tolerate them. That's really interesting. I guess they I, don't I, have much of a choice. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess you know, if you're a pretty, if you're a cow, you're a pretty passive animal. Probably pretty beta, you know. Um, but um, so let's talk. Let's talk about your gear. Um, sure. And, and then a little bit of the process. You know, like you say, you're creeping. I might hear background noise. Are you you're driving through a field right now? Driving down? Yeah, we're, yeah. Side? We're just creeping through a field right now. And um, you know, do y'all see something? Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we're just creeping through the, the farmer's fields and, um, oh, we, uh, we'll see them and we'll, we'll kind of get a game plan on how we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you know, everybody's running, uh, ATN thermals. Um, for the most part, we do run the digital night vision from time to time, but it just, it depends on it, uh, on what the situation calls for. A lot of times the digital night vision is we have guns we have set up for long range. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we catch a lone boar out there. We don't feel like walking the 400 yards to him. Um, we see the six, five Creed more or 300 wind mag. And, uh, we'll just prop up on the truck in the middle of the field, take him out and then move on. So those are both bolt action rifles, right? Those are bolt guns. Right. But so, for the most part, we're running AR platform. Everybody's running an AR platform and the, the variety of, of cartridges we use, um, it varies from person to person. Uh, me, I'm 
you know, I run 308. That's all I run is 308. Mm -hmm. Simply because the ammo availability and the variety of the, the ammo. Uh, we got guys running 224 Valkyrie, 300 Blackout, 65 Grendel. Um, it's just it just depends on the uh, on the person. That's really cool. Do y'all do any subsonic stuff? Uh, we do run subsonics um, and 300 Blackouts. We typically run those in areas where um, if we're houses aren't too too far away yeah um because it's a lot quieter um or the situation dictates that hey we need to uh a prime example is we had a situation where we had a sounder um that we needed just to bump them a little bit and uh we shot the first pig with a 300 blackout um and of course everything's suppressed mm -hmm. and uh a lot of times the impact is louder than the report so they'll hear that impact on that one pig, the one pig drops, and they kind of scatter a little bit or move to where we need them to move to where it's a, a safe uh, a safe shoot, and then we'll start shooting them with uh, supersonic. That's wild. So um, y'all are catching them out in the open, right? Does, Correct, does, yeah. does any Do y'all ever go in the woods at all to kill pigs, or you're always waiting for them at night out in fields? Um, sometimes we'll, we'll creep off into the woods, Um uh, but that's typically only if we see them, um, you know, in the wood line or something, then we kind of creep off and, and chase them down. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, farmers dog barking at us. <laughs> um, for the most part, yeah, we're just, we're jumping, we're jumping from field to field to field to field. Gotcha. Now, yep. um, you, let's say you spot, I don't know, five pigs, 10 pigs out in the mm -hmm. field. Mm -hmm. you know if let's say you found 10 right now when we were on the phone are you waiting right. for them to get a certain yardage away from the wood line um what, what's the uh, plan in that we that? you know it's just it's just going to vary on where they are um sometimes they're in the middle field if they're on the edge of the wood line we know we'll only get a couple shots on them mm -hmm. um but basically the way it goes is we'll find the sounder uh out in the field um then we all kind of discuss it and come up with a game plan check the winds there's gonna be the best way to get up on them and uh, then we start our stalk, and sometimes we have to walk seven, eight, nine hundred thousand yards to mm -hmm. be able to get to them, simply because we can't drive to them, because uh, we're not pulling a trailer, we don't bring an ATV, so we're just driving around on a four-wheel drive truck. Um, so we don't want to rut the farmers' fields up or, or crop rows or anything like that. So a lot of times it's just it's just boots on the ground, and you can do a lot of walking. We don't have to go to the gym often, I'll tell you that. <laughs> what about? <laughs> um... What about after you shoot them, are y'all uh, retrieving them or leaving them lay or what? It, it all depends. A lot of times the farmers will tell you just to uh, leave them in the field because it's going to do more harm um, trying to drag them out. But in the off season like it is now, um, it's, you know, until a week ago, two weeks ago, we weren't having much rain. Mm -hmm. So the fields, the fields were still just very hard. You can drive a truck anywhere you needed to go out there. And uh, we try to retrieve them and get them up to one one part of the field, and, and we dispose of them. Or um, we have people that are always asking us, "Hey, you know, if you get some pigs tonight, let me know, and we'll load the truck down, or we'll we'll bring them to a, a, a drop point and then drop a pin, and then they'll come pick them up." I gotcha. That's pretty neat. So, um, you know, as far as the process goes, I know we're running through it kind of quickly, but. Um, you know, before we before we recorded, Locke had asked, you know, how is how are we going to tie this into bow hunting? How is this relevant, right? Well, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, y'all are hunting with guns. Y'all are, you know, eradicating pigs is what your goal is. Mm -hmm. um, and so even though 
y'all aren't bow hunting them or y'all aren't using, you know, you can say our preferred weapon of choice, which isn't feasible for shooting deer or shooting pigs at night. Um, it's still important because these things shouldn't be here in the first place. They shouldn't. They You're shouldn't right. be shouldn't. doing what they're doing. They shouldn't be costing farmers mm-hmm. thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars annually um, mm-hmm. in damages. More than that, you know, across mm-hmm. the across the uh, the country, but you know, in the millions probably the upper millions uh, in damages and insurance claims, but, and losses. But, um, you know, tell us a little bit, how did we get to where we are today with our hog population? Well, you know, there's a lot of speculation on on how well or how, how much they've, uh, how much they've, they've spread. Um, And, you know, there's, there's documented cases of people, you know, they, they, they know where some's at. They go and they trap a few, and they're like, "Man, you know, we'd be great. We have some of these on our hunting club. We shoot something other than deer too, you know." And they put them in into the hunting club, and before you know it, they've they've multiplied um, exponentially, and now then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, the, the biologists and and the other pig experts say that um, the reason why they they spread so fast mainly is because of humans transporting them while they're alive and turning them loose in places where traditionally they haven't been. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Yeah. That's terrible. Well, there's a lot of, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of people I know of personally without, you know, disseminating too much information. There are people mm-hmm. that are doing that to this day for the, the guys that do a lot of the hog dog stuff and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, the sporting yeah. stuff. I mean, they're, they're still yeah. doing it. They're constantly bringing pigs into areas where, you know, they've basically abandoned what we typically use our lands for, which is deer and turkey and small game and stuff like that. And basically all mm-hmm. these guys do is hog hunt with their dogs year round and they're right, constantly right. bringing pigs in. They like, and, they like the traditional aspect of, of, of dog hunting mm-hmm. and you know, that's fine. I mean, you know, dog hunting is not my cup of tea, you know, um, I'm not going to sit there and, and knock somebody on how they want to hunt. I don't care if you want to hunt with a traditional bow or a crossbow or if you want to kill pigs with dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we, we've had problems with farmers um, entrusting hog doggers to remove pigs. And in turn, you know, the, the boars, they'll, they'll have a big boar and they'll, they'll cut him and turn him loose because he does. All he cares about at that point is eating. So he grows some really good tusks, makes a real good trophy animal. Gets very big. He's a good eater at that point, um, and then later on they catch him and the, and then they'll kill him. But all they do is they hurt the farmer because they turn it into an eating machine. Yeah. And um, the farmers that we've been working with up here, they you know they they tell us, look, if you kill one of a, a bar hawk, we want to know about it, and then they want to know how it's cut and, and this and that. Um, but again, you know, I, I'm not going to knock them how they hunt. That's that's how they they hunt well, the eradicate biggest- and. That's fine. With the me. big, the biggest problem with it, from what I know of it, is it's it's an uncontrollable thing. And yeah, it, know, yeah, you, it's you know the, the, the dog. You know, you've got your your responsible ones that are making sure that the dogs aren't chasing uh, the pigs where they don't need to be. Um, but you know, the pigs are getting smarter too, and they know that they'll just keep running. Mm-hmm. And I've talked to people. Well, they're, dogs they're, before they're populating it they're populating way more than, than their purpose. And that, that's the right. thing that gets me right. is if you're spending right. a lot of money on your property or on property that you lease and the guy mm-hmm. next door is bringing pigs in once a month because he wants to chase them around with his dogs within a year's right. time, he ain't got to bring any more pigs. Cause now you all got pigs. 
Right, right. You know? Well, from from a you know from a I don't know a, a different perspective. I don't care how other people hunt until mm-hmm. it affects how I hunt. Right. And right. and so you know what you're saying of people doing that, catching mm-hmm. pigs and releasing them somewhere else for their own mm-hmm. benefit. I mean, right. I'm sitting I'm sitting here I'm like I'm I'm almost boiling mad because that's so selfish. Right. That is right. massively selfish and it's small-minded and it's ignorant and it is um you know, not hunting with dogs is not ignorant spreading a problem is ignorant right and right. um so that is that's not a tradition a tradition is not making an ecosystem worse right a tradition is something that you did for a long time with your family and your grandfather and your grandfather's grandfather but i don't that's that's that can't be argued on the same the same but I, that's going to be one of the, the the main arguments you hear from a lot of them is well it's tradition We've always done. It. Spreading an invasive species is not a tradition. <laughs> like, I'll never yeah. agree. I never, you know, I, I know what you're saying, but that's that is so small minded. Yep. I I, yep. I really hate to even hear that that's happening. Um, mm-hmm. And and so um, so let me let me segue this into another another question about um, sure. hog control or eradication. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible? to actually stop or hinder the spread of hogs of what we have now? Uh, I don't know if we can stop it. Uh, the biologists say that you've got to kill 70% of the pop- your current population just to keep them in check. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to maintain your numbers. And right now they estimate that there's about 500,000 uh, feral hogs in Louisiana. Um, last year we killed uh, 1,164. year before that we killed 1,197. Um, and so right now, I mean, we are we've almost, I mean, we've, we've been out three times this month and we're already at 85. So you, so you, you yourself have killed two tenths of 1% of the hog population. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're out here pretty yeah. regular. Yeah. Yeah. You're out there all the time. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to repeat something that I, I hate to even say this because I see it on the internet and I always roll my eyes when I hear it is, you know, if wildlife and fisheries would just let me and my podnas and our dogs or whatever, mm-hmm. we could stop them. Right. What's your response to that? And my response to that is, uh, you may kill some, but just like tonight, you're not going to like, we wiped out an entire sounder of 19, you know, uh, if you'd have turned dogs loose on them and they'd have scattered, you might have got one or two out that sound. Yep. I, I have, you know? I have the best way I've ever heard it put was um, dogs are the most effective way to kill one hog. Correct. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, back to what we said before we started recording, um, I was under the belief. And and by the way, like I said, I'm not an expert on this. This is why we're talking to you. You're, you know, thousand percent more than me and lot combined on the subject but i've i was under the belief that uh, that trapping was the most effective way to kill an entire sounder or to or to, mm. to eradicate an entire sounder what's what do you think about that i, I you know i strongly disagree with that the, the trap is a single a single way to eliminate pigs mm-hmm. um we see it all the time we we go to we go to pieces of properties that um have traps 
and we'll sit there and we'll watch them and they'll walk all around the trap. They won't even go in the trap. And then we'll, we'll slip up and we'll kill the whole sounder. Yeah. Now, now do you, um, do you like have consideration to the fact that you are an outlier of dog, of, of, of hog killer? Like, like, it sounds like you have a team, right? Yeah, I've, I've, man, let me tell you, I've got some really, really good guys that go out with us regularly. Um, every one of them um, are, are, are great marksmen. Uh, a lot of us are uh, in public service or retired from public service, firefighters, paramedics. Uh, yeah. We got one guy that's a, a sniper with the sheriff's department um, shooting with us, you know. So uh, we've, I've got a really good team, and it's, it's guys that I can, go, I can walk with in the dark and um and be completely confident that they're going to do the right thing and we don't have to worry about uh an incident yeah so how how, on average do you have any idea how many other groups there are like you in the state doing what y'all are doing you know i don't know if any other group um that do you know know there's a few guys i know that get out and and do it um like brian uh, mcmanus is one right who's who's that brian mcmanus brian mcmanus is one yeah brian started hunting with us and um he he kind of learned the ropes from us and we showed him how to how to do it and he's branched off and he's got his own thing going on and Mm -hmm. he's in he's in a part of the state where really it's too far for us to travel Uh, but he's there all the time so um he's out doing his thing um most of the time brian's hunting by himself um but yeah, there, there's, there, there's been a few groups that have came and hunted with us and, and we showed them how to do everything and they branched off and they've got their own thing going. And, you know, we all have mutual respect that we're not going to, I'm not going to go try and get any properties they have. And they're not trying to get any properties that we have. And, and it's not so much of a, uh, well, that's my piece of property. It's a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we don't want to, um, have somebody creeping in on a group of pigs from one side of the woods and we're sitting on the other side of the woods or the other side of the field trying to get up on them. Um, so it's f- for the biggest part, it's just a safety issue. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen where you pull up your you know thermal imager and then you see a person on the other side? Yes. Yeah. The other night we actually, we come, we come across the field the other night we had access to and uh, we kept looking and we was trying to figure out what the heck it was out in the field. Cause like, you know, there's something out there. We couldn't figure it out. And it was two guys. Oh man. And, um, and they said, Oh yeah, well, you know, we talked to the farmer and we got permission to be out here. And they were from, they were from Texas. They didn't have a license. They didn't have their night permits. They didn't have written landowner permission. They didn't have any of that. Jeez. Um, (laughs) and, and we find that too, more and more where you have people that are buying night vision and thermal gear and they don't have anywhere to go. And they think, Oh, well, you know, everybody hates pigs so we'll just go shoot them yeah uh and the problem comes in is you know when we contact we have to call wildlife fisheries we have to call the sheriff's department and then we um we go out hunting they and we tell them where we're at so if something happens and you have somebody that's out there not following the rules and they shoot a piece of farm equipment or they shoot uh, a farmer's animal or something along those lines they're going to come back and look at us and say, well, hey, we knew you were in this area last night. This this damage occurred. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so, yeah. Well, um, so, you know, the trap is 
trap is effective how many times once maybe twice in an area before it, it, you need to move yeah it? Uh, you know it, it's still even if you're if you're doing it just a couple times um you'll you'll get some out of it but there's still times where you can't get that whole sounder in there you'll have some sows that are out there and they're like you know they're very very smart and they'll sit back and they'll just they'll sit outside of the trap and you'll have the entire other sounder in the trap eating all the corn and they stay on the outside. And uh, a lot of times, you know, you're sitting and you're trying to catch that last big sow or those last couple big sows, and they'll move on. Uh, or you'll have somebody come in night hunting the property that's supposed to, not supposed to be in there, and they'll push them off the property, and, and then you've lost your opportunity at them. Yeah. I I, um, I was talking to somebody that hunts a piece of public land that is um, kind of getting overrun by hogs now. Mm-hmm. And um, we're talking about the differences between, you know, killing a deer and killing a hog. And, right. um, and they said, uh, uh, they said um, a deer is a very stupid animal that is really good at staying alive. Mm-hmm. And a hog is a very smart animal that is pretty much pretty easy to kill. Um, it, what do you think uh, of that? Man, let me tell you, some of these pigs, uh, they have a a sixth sense about them. Um, there's pigs that will have the wind blowing straight in our face. Um, and it's a dark night. And then, um, you got some there. Okay. Um, they got some pigs in the field over here. Um, so, um, and for whatever reason, they just like, they know the gig is up and they'll just bolt. Really? And you sitting there trying to figure out what, what the heck just happened. It's like, like I said, like they know that sixth sense is telling them they got to run. Um, and we shoot pigs all the time in fields that are full of deer. And that's some things we encounter too, is the fact that the, some landowners are like, well, deer season's happening right now. You know, we don't want you spooking the deer at night. And we will hit fields night after night after night, just crushing the pigs. And you have them same deer in the same field every night. They just, they don't, it don't bother them. Interesting. Uh, and let me tell you, we've seen some, um, some, some of these bucks we're seeing at night are just ridiculous i mean <laughs> i bet uh, oh yeah i mean some of them that we've seen are, are you know over 150 160 class deer just monsters that's wild that's that's incredible so um man i i i, I almost i don't want to hold you up if y'all need to get out on a stock or anything but at the same no, time no no it's, it's it's a lone boar i think and almost go we're gonna get in a position where they can make a stock and i'll let them go kill it and and uh, i got a question i got a question yeah. so we were talking. You're talking about the traps. Now, I I grew up hunting. I'm from Natchez, Mississippi. Is where I grew up, and mm-hmm. you know, right there on the Mississippi River. And I grew up the majority of my my uh, young young life as a young man and and as a kid, even hunting in the river bottoms. And I'm sure you know, there's lots of pigs in the river bottom. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. And you know, we would kill. We had little. I think we had right at 900 acres. I think, but um, you know, we would kill. Some years, 20 or 30, some years, probably more close to 60 hogs a year, just mm-hmm. deer hunting. You know, we just shoot mm-hmm. them when we're deer hunting. Um, but we ran traps, too. And, and one of the things that I never really ran traps as far as being responsible for them, I'd go with them and help them, you know, but mm-hmm. never had my own traps. But one of the things that they always did, and, I, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying, regardless of what you tell me and mm-hmm. what your response is, it worked because I watched mm-hmm. it work too many times these guys would pour diesel on the corn. They would yeah. actually they'd put corn in the trap and they'd, you know, make a line of corn out the door and they would actually pour diesel from 
sometimes as much as maybe 10 yards outside the trap and the hogs mm-hmm. would like root down that line. You've seen that? Is that something you're familiar yeah, with? I've, I've seen that before too. Uh, and I don't know if, if the hogs just like to get into it um, because it, it, I mean, it keeps the, the bugs and stuff the away, I, you know, for that. That's I'm what really we were sure, always, yeah, that's worked. what I was always told. I was yeah. always told they would like, they would, cause they would, you could see if you put, like, if you poured diesel on the ground all out in front of the trap, they would mm-hmm. root that whole area up before they went in the trap. And, and I've always – that that was kind of the assumption that I was always, you know, told and, and kind of in conversation. That's what it always came to is, the, like, the pigs, they knew or they had figured out that whatever that was helped them. They would ro- roll in it right. because getting yep. it on their skin and in their hair and stuff was good for them or whatever. I just wonder yeah. – I've, I've never seen anybody else do it, not that I've – not that I've had a ton of experience with a lot of other hog trappers. I have, and I just, you know, that, you know, they, right. they ran traps all the time down there and they always did that. And they're the only people I ever, ever saw do it. So I've, I've often wondered if that was just something they came up with or if that was. Yeah. You, I mean, you hear a lot of people, different things, you know, you got to use a uh, uh, Kool-Aid or Jello with your uh, Jello powder with the corn and sour corn. And it just, a lot of times we just throw straight corn in the trap. And, uh, you know, the, one of the big things is you see a lot of deer go in the traps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and not just does. I mean, there was a, a place we were uh, trapping up uh, north of Powhat. And, uh, I mean, you were having 130-inch deer walking into the pig trap to eat corn. Mm. And a crazy story. I was hunting at a buddy of mine's place, hunting in Mississippi a couple of years ago. And he sent me to a stand. And I had to walk past a hog trap. And it was before mm-hmm. daylight, and the hog trap, nothing was in the trap. I walked past the trap, and I was a good ways from it, so I didn't hear any of this happen. But it, long story short, I came out that morning. We were going to meet back up, you know, up the road. And as I'm walking out, there's a like 120-inch eight-point in the hog trap. When I walked oh, yeah. up to it, Jeez. you know, I mean, he had gotten in it while I was hunting that morning. And they, yeah, he just about killed himself, too. They had to go get him out of there. Yeah, he got yeah. out and everything, yeah. but, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of wild. Right, right, and I think I think the wildlife fishery is also mandated. You're supposed to have an opening in your pig trap. Yeah, they allow, had that uh, allow deer to get out. Yeah, there's a yeah. I, I a, a guy that I hunted with here on a lease behind my house for a while. He was all into it, and he stopped doing it because of some of those those regulations, and because mm-hmm. he basically said it just it it kind of made it difficult for him because the hogs can get out too. Oh yeah, but, uh, big yeah, enough. a big boar he'll jump out of a trap or climb out of a trap. I've seen that before. Yeah, he had to modify all his traps, and he was having a lot of trouble because of that, and so he actually quit doing it because of it. Right, right. Uh, Shane, uh, let me ask you this: What about um, what about public land and hogs? Um, is is it is it? Do you believe what a lot of people say, which is that? A lot of our public lands, WMAs and NWRs, are really just refuges for hogs. They are breeding factories. Jeez. Yeah. They are breeding factories. Um, you know, it, it needs to get to a point to where on these WMAs and refuges that if you want to control them, you've got to allow the hunters to get out there and hunt them. Mm-hmm. Um, because once gun season's over with, that's it. That You know, they've got another six months that they can breed and eat and just you know create havoc um yeah. out there you know and we have places where we hunt that border uh wildlife refuges and it's so bad the pigs that come out so bad is you'll have farmers that when they when they start planting corn um 
they'll they'll tell us, look, we got we just planted this field, you know, watch it heavily. And not only that, but they'll come in with with uh, a feeder truck, and it literally looks like the yellow brick road. They'll put so much corn on the main road to try and slow them down or deter them from going into the to the crop field. Jeez, really? Yeah, yeah. And um, you'll you'll get bunches out there. Um, this one field we we pulled into it. It was probably forty pigs in this one field. Um, but they didn't stay there long once we started shooting. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hunted. I hunted next to a, a big NWR, and uh, of course that's all federal. And that was mm-hmm. in Mississippi, and I know for a fact because I, I I watched it. I you know was I experienced it myself. Those guys, and I obviously don't know that they do this everywhere, but this place was really affected by the Mississippi River, and in the off mm-hmm. season they had teams of, of rangers and um, wardens and whatnot, and they they did a ton of hog control, especially mm-hmm. when the river would get up and, 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 and they would go in by airboat, and they would kill hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. I mean, it never, yeah. seemed to, it never seemed to even so much as put a dent in them, but there were, there were times when, you know, I necessarily wouldn't see with my own eyes, but, you know, they were our neighbors, and we had a pretty good report with them, and, and I would hear about you know, where mm-hmm. they would have weeks where they would kill hundreds of hogs. Right. And I, I, a story I, I tell about the hog thing and people talk about how, how resilient they are and, and everything. And I'll tell you a story. And this is something that I did see with my own eyes. And to this day, I cannot account for it. I don't know how it happened. I don't know, you know, but we, our property was 13 miles down a road uh, that ran along the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. And when it flooded, obviously the road flooded before the property flooded and one of those kind of deals. And one year during the summer where we had one of those long, long floods, this was probably 2007 or eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the property from basically the high ground all the way was 100% underwater. And I think probably the shallowest spot on our entire property was eight to nine feet you know i mean it was one of those kind of floods so anyway the water had been up since late winter and it was during the summer it finally started falling we put a boat in and we go back there and it's like i said it's 13 miles to our property and Mm -hmm. we were probably and from from our property it's another at least three or four miles to any high ground so to paint the picture this is there's nowhere to go there's no mm-hmm. refuge. Anything right, out right. there presumably is drowned other mm-hmm. than the fish and something that can live in a tree. Right. We're probably eight to nine miles in any direction from any dry land, the closest high ground. And we go back there by boat and we find one dry ridge that's probably uh, – we got there the first day and it was probably a quarter of an acre of dry ground, mostly on a kind of a – hunchback of a ridge where a road mm-hmm. ran through right and the water was you know maybe an inch deep across mm-hmm. it it really wasn't dry it's just down that right. much so we 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 know that that's like one of the first ridges to come out so that was like on a friday evening we're just riding around with the 22s messing around we come back the next day this is within a 13 to 14 hour period and there's that quarter acre top of that ridge probably 
to 300 yards long by maybe 50 or 60 yards wide is dry. Mm-hmm. And there's not one square foot anywhere on there that's not covered in hog tracks. Yeah. I'm talking about, and but but we pulled up in the boat, and there is not a hog to be seen anywhere. Mm-hmm. But overnight, that quickly, there. I mean, just estimating it had oh, to be a great swimmers. They had, you know, and 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 this this place had been underwater for months. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, it's amazing. I mean, this is undeniable. This is undeniable proof. Those hogs mm-hmm. were there when they heard the boat coming. There's no doubt. Right. They yeah. took off, yeah. and they had. And they had been out there for months. They had, mm-hmm. I mean, the only explanation is they are literally swimming from tree to tree and hanging in the, in the deadfall and stuff. Right. Am, am, amazing. And, and that's, mm-hmm. the, and that's middle of the summer, say August. I don't know exactly when it was, but say July, late July or August. And right. by September, when we're planting food plots, there are hundreds of hogs all over our property. And the water's right. been up since January. Jeez. You can ride on WMAs. We do it. Uh, you know, you ride around in, in some of that backwater, and you'll find ridges, and they'll just be stacked up on it. Um, and you're like, where do they even come from? Yeah. You Interesting. Know? Well, so what, what's what do you what's your opinion on on um, controlling them on public land? Uh, I I think you need to allow year-round hunting. Um, you know, you've got to have guys out there, and there are guys that want to do it. You yeah. know, they want to get out there and, and hunt them year round. Um, but they just won't allow it for fear that, you know, somebody may try and shoot a deer or, and, and that's going to happen. An outlaw is going to outlaw, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's, um, uh, this time of year or if it's in the middle of the summer. Um, so, you know, it, if you want to control them on the WMAs and the wildlife refuges, you've got to allow hunters to get out there, um, and, and, and kill them. So, you know, so do you think, do you think there should be a designated like hog season? I, I think a hog season would be great. And I think that, you know, the ability to use night vision or thermal on these, on these properties, the, these public properties, um, would help a lot, uh, curb the population or the expansion of them, um, during the off months. Yeah. I I don't disagree. I have obviously my my own personal reservations about people taking advantage of, uh, you could say, being unsupervised on WMAs, especially at night, if that were to right. become legal. But at the same time, there's there's ways where you can self-report, and if you right. are caught doing it and you didn't self-report, you get in trouble. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, one of the um, one of the things that I guess you could say I've always thought was silly was that you're you're so limited on any ammunitions through like mm-hmm. you could say squirrel season. What is it like right. number six shot or, or or something like that for shotgun? That's the biggest you can shoot. Um, right. I've heard of uh, heard of people shooting cut shells. You ever heard of that? Yes, I have heard about that. I got I got friends that swear by them that they've done it before. Yeah. You know, and take a shell and ring it. Yep. And uh yeah, and and shoot it and it's like a giant slug. Locke, yeah. you heard of that? I've, no, I've heard of that. I've yeah. never attempted it, but I've heard of it. So yeah, a cut shell is where um like where the wad is, you cut right in between the top of the brass and the and the top of the wad. And mm-hmm. when you pull the trigger, the entire top of the shell, like as one unit, shoots mm-hmm. together. Um, right. and, uh, if you do that with number six shot, it never, you know, you're not hitting them with shot. You're hitting them with, you know, three Plastic. quarters of the shell. Yeah. But it's right, got a lot right. of power behind it. 
Um, yep. I don't know the legality of that. If, if it's illegal, you didn't hear it from us. But um, anyway, I thought that was a pretty. I just I love I love people are like, oh, you give me options A and B. Let me write in C, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, and uh, and that's one good way to do it. Um, now, um, as far as as far as like, uh, shoot, you know, I, I I used to say like the cliche thing like shoot every hog that you see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm almost at a point now where like, it's not that doesn't even matter, you know. Like if you're a bow hunter, you shoot one hog. I I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't help, but like it is. It is such a low helpfulness that it, like I said, I'm at a point where it's so expensive to shoot one. I I almost don't right. even shoot them anymore. Yeah, you know, you know, bow hunting, shooting pigs is exploited. You know, you're looking at thirty bucks. Yeah, it's a thirty dollar pig. A yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but we we we'll shoot them at night uh, with crossbows uh, during the summer months. Uh, put night vision on a crossbow setup, um, especially if it's just like a lone boar. Um, just to make it entertaining you to see how close you can get to it mm-hmm. uh, at, you know and 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 kill them with a crossbow um but yeah i mean for a bow hunter that gets expensive it yeah you know, it does and I, I hate to say i'm not a pessimist uh, at any by any means and i'm usually not negative but i mean i've shot eight hogs this season you know that that puts that's a that's a chunk of change. I don't even I almost yeah. don't even want to finish that sentence because I'm realizing how much money that's cost me so far yep. this season. You know, and broadheads and arrows. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I, back the weekend Tinsaw opened, I went with a buddy of mine out there. I shot two with FMJs. Okay, yeah. recovered one of them. The other one ran off my arrow. The one that I recovered snapped it in half. This is an FMJ. There is not yeah. a stronger arrow. You know. Yeah. Um, and so I just, it's just, it's, it's an unreasonable cost to think that you're going to put a dent in them, especially with a bow, which is obviously who the majority of our audience is. Um, I actually, when I, when I hunted on the property that I referenced a while ago, where I shot them all the time and could pretty much shoot one just about every hunt, I actually went on eBay and this was before my kids were, or maybe even some before I had kids and I had a lot of time. So I went on eBay and I bought up like two or three dozen old, Easton 2213. The, the yeah. Shafts, yeah. Yeah. And bought some cheap uh, broadheads from Walmart and got mm-hmm. them flying good enough that I could hit a hog, you know, 25 yards and in, 30 yards and in. And I right. just started slinging them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <That's laughs> I mean, I had, you buy, you buy them in bulk off of eBay from some warehouse somewhere. And, you know, my broadheads were two or $3 a piece. And so, you know, I got, four dollars in the air five dollars in the air maybe yeah that's not a bad deal that was my that was my uh that was how i uh, managed that situation when i when i used to actually see them every hunt shane what do you think about a um a bounty oh i would love a bounty um and and the reason i would love a bounty is you'd be rich (laughs) i bet you would love a bounty (laughs) oh yeah you know because um you know we all pitch in, we all pay for gas. Uh, you know, we buy our own ammo unless the farmer pitches in and says, Hey, you know, here's your a case or two of ammo. And it depends on how many pigs we're running to that case of ammo might last a week. Um, and it may last, you know, a month. It just sure. depends. Um, you know, some people, you know, people watch the videos a lot of times like, Oh, I can't believe it. T- you know, it took you two or three times to shoot a pig, you know, one shot, one kill. And <laughs> people don't realize these things are tanks. Yeah. I mean, they'll take these 308 rounds like they're nothing. 
Yeah. That's wild. Um, people people give you a hard time for missing oh a, a hog that's running so at 100. Much, we get so much hate mail uh, from people uh, who don't understand, yeah. you know, why we're doing it. Um, or how, you know, how can you shoot a, a little five-pound piglet? Well, so, it's easy. You just, you know, I don't know lead how, and squeeze. I don't know how know. long ago <laughs> this was. squeeze the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> is that a rhetorical question, or you want me to actually break down the function? Of, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, so, um, I, I, we, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to tell him, it's, it's, not, it's not hunting. You, and you can't stress that enough. It's not hunting. It's, it's pest control. It's in its rawest form. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to do a really bad job of repeating what your post said. This might have been six months ago. It might have been a year ago. But you said something. You had a post that was like, you were like, um, you know, everybody that hates what we're doing, you don't understand. Not you, you were not unprofessional about it, but you were very firm in the fact that you were doing a good thing. If you didn't like it, you should change the channel. We're not going right. to stop. We're not going to quit. You don't understand what you're essentially rooting for here or rooting against. Right. Why don't right. you go back into your corner and shut the F up, right? And, yeah, right. and I was like, oh, man, I'd probably get along pretty good with this guy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, so to, to – Talk a, a little bit more about the bounty, because I have talked to biologists about this. Their mm-hmm. concern is that if they put a value on a pig, it's actually going to make the problem worse. I don't see how. Well, they think that, they, well, their argument, essentially. People will covet them. Is that they'll be like, well, I'll catch them, and like that's a savings account. Right. Right. If I catch them, save them, breathe them, I make more money. And then if you release them, then you have a new population that you're never running out. So the idea is, hey, if we pay people, they'll kill all of them. But some people are like, wait a second, you're going to pay me? I can't run out of these. You know, and and you're going to have anytime there's a monetary value involved, you're going to have somebody that's going to try and cheat the system. Oh, yeah. You know, and so uh, when it comes to that, you know, when, when they find out about it, the, the penalties need to be harsh, you know, but I mean, you know, the, yeah. penalty, the penalty for murder is, is you could be put to death or life in jail, but people still do it. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what, what about, um, I, I, like I said, before we started recording, uh, I've heard of, I've heard of, uh, national forest service hiring contractors right. to, to run traps on, you know, WMAs and NWRs in forest lands. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would almost. I, I, I look. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a leftist at all. But I am a logical human being that doesn't believe mm-hmm. in like a free reign, do what you want system. You know that's right. always going to backfire. But like I would almost think that you would need to qualify to be a part of that program if they did put a bounty like it couldn't be an open season anybody's eligible like you'd have to get a permit not for not by the way get a permit not because the state wants to make money off your permit but to make sure they know who's doing it the right way you know Um, right and that's like for us you know we have to have i have to have a permit for every piece of property that we're on mm mm-hmm um, and yeah, it's a headache. I have to get the landowner's information. I have to fill out a bunch of paperwork. Uh, then I have to submit a map, um, a very well detailed map to wildlife fisheries. They approve it. And then I get a permit for that piece of property that allows us to go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if there's a way that you could make it where, um, you know, where you can have tags or, 
I, I don't I don't know how that would work. Um, yeah, but, if if you think about every law that's in place now, most of them, the, the government had no choice but to put some sort of regulation because when the before there was a law, the idiot screwed it up, you right. know, um, and so something as something as um, delicate as our public lands. I mean, in my opinion, I don't, I, even though it's a breeding ground, I'm not denying that's a problem. But let's put that as a separate issue. Like, we all agree, right. like, that I agree with you 100%. Like, yes, it's a breeding ground. It gets hunted hard six months out of the year. And a lot of people let them pass. Um, a lot of people shoot them, and it doesn't put much of a dent in them because you're not taking them out in bulk. But it doesn't mean the answer is a 180 degree free reign, hunt at night with whatever you want kill them all type of thing mm-hmm. you know like so there's got to be a middle ground and, and i i know that there's a hog um advisory board or something like right. that yeah. do, do you know what yeah. they're what they're focusing on no you know the the last couple times i've tried to make it to the meetings and for whatever reason i was at work or, or had some other pressing pressing issue where i couldn't make it um so on that you know it'd be hard for me to comment on, on what they're doing exactly mm-hmm. um but I, I think that, you know, if you want to control the pigs, you've got to have more people getting in the places where they're sitting there and they're just, they're breeding and feeding and nothing's bothering them. Yeah. You've got to have boots on the ground. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, look, I, I know it's getting late. We're get, kind of coming up on the, the, um, the 40, the hour mark. We're a little over what we agreed to, but, um, one one other question I have, real sure. short. Do you think that there's anybody else in the state that kills more hogs than you and your team? I don't know. I know uh, there's some there's some guys that I know of that uh, down around um, St. Tammany Parish, and they 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 do pretty good uh, as far as killing the volume that we kill. Um, I don't know if their their volume comes a lot when the when the water comes up, Mississippi River floods, and yeah. a lot of these pigs have to get up on high ground and uh they reckon pretty good um but like for us i'll tell you we'll probably cover 150 200 miles a night uh just jumping from field to field um until we find them and some of these fields that we hit um one one field in particular during the summer we we shot 126 in three weeks on it and it was like there it didn't put a dent in them jeez man that's wild Well, um, mm. look, I, I, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know you're out on a hunt. I really appreciate you joining us. Locke, you got any questions before we jump off here, man? No, I, I don't. One thing that, that I thought of that I, I thought was worth mentioning was, you know, anybody that's listening to us, especially anybody that has a say in some of the stuff that's going on as we refer to, like, the laws mm-hmm. and regulations. You know, one of the things that I think about is – if you follow along with SEC sports and, you know, this just happened at LSU and everything, they just had all these big debates about selling alcohol in, in the football stadiums around, around the South. Oh, the, the fears of, the, of that? Yeah, the fears of, of, you know, what that would do. But what the statistics have shown, I think like 10 or, or 12 of the 14 SEC schools at some point did start to sell alcohol in the stadium. And it actually lowered – the alcohol-related incidents in the big crowds on game days because they're now controlling it. And I and I hope that our laws makers and our legislatures and all the people that, that have a, 
uh, say in this will consider the fact that if they get more actively involved there and, and they put some control around it it's not going to all of a sudden empower outlaws to be bigger outlaws like as mm-hmm. you said outlaws are going to outlaw anyway but if, if right. you actually get if they get more actively involved in it not that they're not involved at all but you know allowing these things on our public lands and, and putting some constraints and and some um some structure around it you know mm-hmm. um there's proof in other arenas of our society where that actually yields positive results and not 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 this this fear of if we turn people loose at night on WMAs it's going to turn into a problem. Well, you know, you, maybe you have more outlawing problems than you because you're not actively involved to begin with. You might actually eliminate some of these issues that you don't even know you have right, right now because yeah. you know there's more people out there. Yeah. It's a really good being, point. Just being involved, just being involved and being present, and and controlling the situation, actually mm-hmm. managing it, and being proactive. Um, there may be something to that. Because, like I said, you sell you sell the alcohol and you control the alcohol in the large crowd in the stadium full of people. Well, you you lower the alcohol related incidents because did any of us believe that people weren't smuggling that alcohol in to begin with? And then it's unregulated, it's uncontrolled, and that's what we are right, right now. Is we're turning our, we're kind of, it's the whole hog thing is mostly unregulated. And for the most part, it's just like, we know it's a problem, but we're just kind of ignoring it because we don't know how to deal with it. Maybe if we right. dealt with it, we could be more productive than we think, yeah. you know? I, I think a lot of it's going to be whenever it starts hitting people's property who have significant influence in the political process in Baton Rouge. Then it will become more on the on the forefront. You mean you mean how the city councilman's street gets paved because of potholes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I got you. Yeah, it's very New Orleans of you. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, Locke. That's a great analogy, man. Um, it reminds me. Uh, uh, I mean that that train of thought that that that. Um, analogous situation where you're like, hey, okay, this is a this is a novel problem. How do we see if it'll work? Or let's compare it to another another novel problem, which is alcohol at, at Death Valley. Yeah, who isn't drinking or smuggling alcohol in yeah. Death Valley? I mean, we could probably, mm-hmm. I could personally run, run an hour long podcast on ways to get alcohol in a Death Valley. Okay, and. Yeah. <laughs> if you serve it to me, I won't have to fill up vacuum seal bags and put it in my wife's, uh, you know, my wife's bra. That's that won't happen yeah. anymore. Uh, I would, I would say, I would be, I would be comfortable in making the very, you know, just very kind of short, almost short sighted, but just short statement that I would be willing to bet you that by the the hog situation would actually solve more problems on our public lands right now that they don't even know they have simply because they become active in the off season, active at mm-hmm. night and people with a vested interest of doing things legally and doing it the right way, all of a sudden become more invested in the property itself. And a lot of shit that's probably going on that they don't even know about all of a sudden starts to get weeded out. I would almost be willing to bet you that you would start to see that on different mm-hmm. properties across the state because right now those people are going unchecked because what if you all of a sudden have a band of registered legal hog hunters going in there night after night week after week throughout the year well all of a sudden you just close the door 
and closed loopholes that, like I said, maybe they don't even know. We all know that they're there, but they probably mm-hmm. they don't they don't know that they're there. They don't know what's going on because there's nobody right. out there doing anything. These lands are just sitting there, and the hogs are just breeding. Mm-hmm. So it might be a means to a whole nother end. I'm I'm all philosopher tonight. You are, man. Like <laughs> Galileo over here. Yeah, hog Hogaleo. See, uh, hogs can be I'm 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 introducing a way that the hog situation could possibly be a good thing for us. Oh man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a twist that's a warped, twisted way to look at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, Shane, man, I appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. A uh, lot yes, of great, yes. l- love, love the conversation. Great information. Learned a lot. Um, and uh, look, go lay yeah, down look. If some y'all more. ever want to come see it firsthand, y'all, y'all more than welcome. Come ride with us one night. I got everything you need. All you gotta do is, is show up. I will warn you. We might do that. I will warn you that hollow invitations are lost on me. I will yeah. take you up on that. Like, like all right. That's right. th- th- this isn't gonna be like oh man that'd be cool I appreciate it. I'd be like okay hey, okay I'm free no, on the twenty third y'all welcome to run up and, and see it firsthand <laughs> that'd be cool I'd I'd love to do that man um I really would that'd be a lot of fun well uh look good luck y'all be safe yes. and uh, lay some more down man we're gonna try to man we're shooting for forty tonight literally get them yeah. yeah get them yeah all right y'all be good all see right, ya cool. y'all be safe yeah all right Bye. later. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Louisiana Bowhunter Podcast. If you have anybody you'd like to hear on the show, reach out to us at info at louisianabowhunter.com. And if you want to help support Louisiana Bowhunter, go by your local archery shop and pick up some merchandise. If you don't have any at your local shop, let us know and we'll reach out to them. Or pick up your gear at louisianabowhunter.com and we'll ship it out to you same day. See you next week.